What would you do if you could do anything? Welcome to The Purpose Effect. I'm Elena. Join me for weekly conversations on purpose with women who have found it and are impacting their worlds with it. I speak to women who are building businesses, have turned their passions or side hustles into careers, or have dedicated their lives to helping others. If you are looking to dive into your purpose, these conversations will definitely inspire you to take the plunge. So let's get started. Joan Lowe is a woman on a mission to make mental health care seamless and affordable for everyone. While the COVID-19 pandemic and lockdowns around the world have put a spotlight on the importance of good mental health care, Thoughtful, the digital mental health company founded by Joan, has been very busy doing something about it. Last year, Thoughtful launched Thoughtful Chat, an app that allows you to check in with a qualified mental health professional for daily bite-sized coaching, as well as offers many other tools and resources for keeping your mental health in good shape. Joan and I talk about what inspired her to tackle this problem, the small daily practices that can help in preventing mental health crises, and how she stays the course on this very important and ambitious mission. Hi, Joan. Welcome. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much, Elena, for having me today. Well, thank you so much for um, uh, giving your time to the show, because given the impact of the last 18 months on mental health globally, um, we're finally starting to talk about this a little bit more openly in Asia, which means you have probably been extremely busy. Slightly, (laughs) to say the least. (laughs) It's been a fun time. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure very exciting, but also worrying in some ways. I think this year here in Malaysia, we've seen the suicide rate double. And this year, we've also seen that three in four employees in the last 18 months in Asia um, have been experiencing increased levels of anxiety. So can you just tell us a little bit more about Thoughtful, um, what Thoughtful does and how people can access your services? Sure. Uh, Happy to, Elena. Uh, I think in general, uh, what Thoughtful aims to do and what our main purpose and vision is, is to make access to mental health care more seamless and affordable for people. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think you and I, as as people who have been living in Asia for a very long time, I think we're very familiar with some of the challenges that come with uh, accessing mental health care. And so those are some of the things that we we dedicate our time to every day to, to achieve. Um, in terms of what uh, I, I guess people can access on a daily basis, uh, so we actually run Thoughtful Chat. This is a mobile app yeah. where we want to empower people to engage in their mental health more proactively mm-hmm. and also preventatively, right? Yeah. Uh, so not just waiting for a crisis before we intervene, but really doing it just as how we would with our physical bodies with exercise. Yeah. Um, so we want to empower people to proactively and preventatively engage with their mental health mm-hmm. through one-on-one bites size coaching with qualified counselors and psychologists uh, or also through self-driven tools. Uh, Now these tools could be in the form of curated uh, uh, content that's you know all bite-sized for people to consume Mm -hmm. uh, or it could be in the form of you know uh, monitoring uh, and tracking of moods and thought journals and things like that. Right. Um, so all of that is accessible on the app. And uh, honestly, you can download it right now. So whether it's on the App Store for uh, iOS or Android, it's available and free to download for everyone. 
Yeah, I've uh, actually just downloaded it myself and it's super user-friendly and easy to navigate. And it doesn't just provide a chat function with a therapist or counselor. There are learning packs in there on improving communication, better sleep, and lots of other tools to help you stay on top of your mental health. Yeah, yeah. Um, we wanted to make sure that there was something for everyone. I mean, not everyone's comfortable or ready to speak to yeah. uh, a coach yet. And I think, um, you know, there should be something for them to also be able to engage with their mental health in some shape or form. Yeah. Uh, so, so we try to do that. Yeah. yeah. So can you tell me how Thoughtful began? Because you were a banker working in Hong Kong, and then you left that world to start a mission-led enterprise in the mental health space. Mm-hmm. Uh, happy to. It's a complete 180. Uh, to the dismay and shock of my mom, obviously in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but 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 I think uh, it it's not as um, random as it might seem from the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just a bit of background of myself as well. Uh, I'm originally Malaysian. I'm based in Singapore now, but I've spent the last 15 years abroad. So I've lived, uh, you know, in North America, a bit of time in Europe and China. And most recently, I was actually in Hong Kong for six years, mm-hmm. uh, where I was a banker, <laughs> as you rightfully <laughs> mentioned, managing managing a pretty big por- portfolio. Um, so I was managing about $1.3 billion then. Um I think at some point, um, you know, it was a very big realization uh, where uh, it's all driven by personal motivation, right? Mm -hmm. So my family and I, we've been caregivers to someone uh, who has been living with, you know, uh, mental health challenges uh, for the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. So mental health is actually not as random as it might seem. Uh, It is a journey that we have been on for the last two decades or more. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the biggest uh, impetus and triggers for, for me to really leave finance and jump into the world of entrepreneurship and start thoughtful was the realization that there is a huge digital innovation gap between what's happening in the healthcare space and specifically mental healthcare space in places like the US and UK versus what we were doing here in Asia. Yeah. Uh, and that obviously will, you know, inevitably trickle down to what the end user, which is, you know, the everyday person on the street, uh, actually has access to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think this was very frustrating, um, yeah. uh, both from uh, someone who is a caregiver, but also for someone who, you know, follows the macro landscape quite a lot yeah. um, from investment point of view. Mm. Uh, and so I think that's probably one of the reasons why um, uh, I decided that it would be, it would be meaningful uh, to, to take that leap uh, because at least we give it a try. Yeah. Let's see how we can, we can narrow that digital divide in mental health mm-hmm. and, and, and get more access to people in a seamless manner. Yeah. So what were the challenges that you you saw in the market when you were trying to access mental health services for for your family member? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I think this is a, uh, it's almost like a history lesson in a way yeah. because this started, uh, you know, in the late 90s, early 2000s, mm-hmm. right? So uh, back then the conversation or even the terminology of mental health was not a term that was familiar to to people like you and I. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, there was a lot of work that needed to be done in terms of just educating mm-hmm. ourselves uh, in terms of what it is, what it isn't, uh, and also what was available. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, to be very honest with you, I think uh, right up until you know, I would say the mid 2010s. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the focus was still very much on uh, awareness building because right. mental health literacy was so low. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, uh, when it comes to mental health, there's actually three aspects to it. Yeah. Um, uh, so there is the biopsychosocial model. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something that I think, you know, in, in North America, they've been adopting for a while now when it comes to mental health care and uh, uh, mental health support. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think here in Asia, we're only just starting to implement it in its holistic manner right. as, it, as, as it can be. Uh, so just to, you know, for, for, for listeners who might not know what this biopsychosocial model might mean, yeah. uh, maybe I'll just give a yes. quick, you know, two second explanation. Please. Thank you. Um, so the three parts. Uh, so the bio part, think of it as, you know, the biochemical part of, of, uh, mental health. This is, you know, the biochem, the brain chemistry that we have. Uh, these are, uh, the hormones and all of that that's in, uh, our, in our physiological and mm-hmm. also neurological part of our, our health. Um, and then we have the, the, the psycho part, which is the psychotherapy part. Yeah. Uh, so this is where talk therapy comes in, mm-hmm. working with, you know, psy- uh, psychologists as well as counselors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the final part is the social part. Uh, this is where supported employment, which to yeah. be very honest, is, is really um, uh, nascent still yeah. in Asia. Um, this is where the family comes in, friend groups come in, as well as support systems come in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so together in, in, in totality, that's how you have the biopsychosocial model coming together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so back, you know, in, in the early 2000s in the 90s um, a lot of treatment when it came to mental health care uh, was focused on the bio part right uh, so very much a situation where you wait till it's a crisis mm-hmm. then you go to a psychiatrist who then diagnoses you with you know affliction a b or c yeah uh, and then a prescription will be given and then that's it yeah. Uh, there was no follow-on support or no support that goes in tandem with that on the psychosocial aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, I think the, the, the model that we're all moving towards is uh, making sure that not just the biochemical part is taken care of, but also are we are we getting talk therapy? Yeah. Uh, are we getting the support uh, and 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 uh, systems in place so that we can actually understand what got us there in the first place? Yeah. Um, it's one thing to manage our symptoms with medication. It's another thing to understand how we got to that situation in the first place and mm-hmm. how to prevent it from happening. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's that's kind of in a nutshell. You know, uh, some of the transitions that that we've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be very honest, the psychosocial part is still not as robust as it should be. Yeah. Uh, majority of the time, especially here in Malaysia, uh, still very much focus on the bio part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so now having gone through this journey, and I mean, Thoughtful is still quite a young company. I believe you mm-hmm. started in 2018. But having gone through this journey and made this quite significant career transition, what does purpose mean to you? Mm. That's a great question, Elena. Um, I think purpose for me is the why yeah. of what of of our lives mm-hmm. and also of the things that we do and the and, and and the values that we defend against, right? Um, and so I think for me, purpose is very much about why am I doing this in the first place? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
for anyone out there who has worked in the corporate world, I think uh, a lot of times the what's and the hows are not the issue. Um, yeah. You know, you have a very cushy life. It's a great uh, career trajectory. You'll know exactly where you'll be in five years or 10 years and you'll know what your pay scale looks like. It's very nice. Uh, but I think the issue is understanding also why we're doing certain things. Mm-hmm. And, and, and therein lies, you know, sometimes that gap of fulfillment or contentment yeah. that some people who um, have been doing things kind of mechanically or automatically for too long on autopilot uh, will we'll then start questioning. Um, I think that for me in a nutshell is, is, is what purpose is. You know exactly why you're doing it and every day, even though the what and the how may change, yeah. uh, even though there will be challenges thrown at you throughout that journey, yeah. uh, so long as that purpose and the why is there and that's your true north, yeah. uh, I, think, I think that's when it's worth it doing. Yeah. And how has your life changed then since you've started on this road? Uh, well, I would say I work way harder now than I ever did in finance. <laughs> they say CEO is chief everything officer. There is truth in that. <laughs> um, yeah. But, but, but I think one of the biggest reasons is, is the fact that, uh, again, you know, the, the why is very clear. Yeah. Um, every day we are very clear on the impact that we have right yeah uh, every user that we are able to reach mm-hmm. and able to help uh, is someone that we're kind of journeying with to a happier yeah. place hopefully um, and, and now unfortunately with the situation in Malaysia we've also seen a sharp increase in a lot of critical cases yeah uh, and I think that's something that you know is 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 a very stark reminder of the important work that we still need to do yeah um, so so I think that's probably one of the biggest changes really is seeing that direct impact in every single thing that we do yeah which makes all the hard work uh, ever more worth it yeah makes it worth it doesn't it so what were some of the biggest challenges then for thoughtful in the in the earlier days mm, when you say uh, for thoughtful in terms of the business building right? the business building yeah yeah so I think one of the biggest challenges at that time so uh, this was pre-pandemic, yeah. obviously, so so it was a very different scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say the challenge then was actually uh, navigating a very nascent environment yeah. for mental health care. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, there was only a handful of players. Uh, in fact, during that period, uh, it was mostly just NGOs or the hospitals running the, the program, you know, uh, running mental health uh, care delivery. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to uh, you know, things like digital, things like innovation for healthcare. It was something that was uh, uh, very new. Mm-hmm. So we needed to educate the market for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it came to also uh, on the client side, so we do a lot of corporate work. Mm-hmm. Majority of our uh, mental health work is done with employers. Right. Uh, at that time, there was also education of, you know, uh, uh, what this means for employees, why is it important and all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think one of the biggest things that we've seen shift since the pandemic is the fact that we don't spend so much time educating people uh, why it, it is important to care about mental health right. anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is now a given because in the last 18 months, everyone has gone through some form of stress or duress, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now I think we've seen the dialogue change significantly from awareness education to action right and i think that's the most encouraging thing to see Mm -hmm. at this stage 
because now people are ready to act. People are ready to invest into mental health care, whether for themselves or whether it's for their teams or their companies. Okay. So are you talking about investment from sort of financial institutions looking to invest in the business or employers looking to invest in mental health products for the benefits of their teams? I think it's both. Okay. Um, I think it's fair to say that it's across both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, the the most um, uh, the the biggest shift you'll see will be on the corporate side. Yeah. I think uh, uh, just in terms of reverse inquiry and inbound leads as well. Uh, that that's a testament to how the tides have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in terms of the investment side for companies, yeah. um, you know, whether it's uh, VCs or uh, different types of foreign or local investors, uh, I think they've seen not just the importance and the need for it, mm-hmm. uh, but they've also seen the traction. Yeah. Uh, so in the U.S. markets, uh, mental health care, especially digital mental health care, is a very frothy market right yeah. now. The amount of M&A that has been happening across, you know, across the very large pond mm-hmm. uh, is, is something that uh, is un. Uh, you know, unavoidable, undeniable. Yeah. Uh, and so I think investors are also, are also picking up on that. Yeah. yeah. So despite the fact that there's so much more information in the marketplace, so much more action in the marketplace, what are some of the things that you still wish more people knew um, about mental health and mental wellness? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that uh, it's good that people now are aware yeah. uh, of what, you know, uh, of at least the term mental health, it's not foreign. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in terms of taking action, uh, there is a very large spectrum of what that means to certain people, yeah. uh, what that means to certain companies, right? Uh, I think the more traditional way of thinking about it is, again, more of a crisis management, mm-hmm. crisis intervention kind of perspective when it comes to taking action, yeah. uh, meaning to say that they will only take action and see someone or they will only uh, take action and put in place an employee assistance program if there is some form of crisis that have happened yeah. before. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, where we really should be moving towards, which is where many of the UK and, you know, American companies are at already, uh, is being more proactive about it, mm-hmm. where taking action actually means putting in place a robust infrastructure yeah. for proactive and preventative type of mental health care resource for employees mm-hmm. uh, and also for individuals at the individual level. Yeah. If you're going to be exercising three times a week for our physical bodies, um, my question is, what are you doing for your mind three times a week, if not more, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, so that's actually very uh, much tied into how the entire Thoughtful Chat platform is also set up. Yeah. Uh, it's meant to be consistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's meant to drive persistent engagement with mental health. Uh, so you can actually, you know, match with your certified counselor and psychologist one-on-one. Yeah. Uh, and we function more like daily bite-sized coaching. Um, we rather you engage five minutes a day, every day, mm-hmm. rather than wait till, you know, wait, wait till it's a, a, a huge ball yeah. uh, of, of challenges that you have to unwind. So, yeah. So this daily bite-sized coaching or interaction with some of the materials that you have in the Thoughtful app, is this kind of what you're talking about when you discuss preventative mental health? Because this is a very new phrase to me. I never heard of it until I heard you talking about preventative mental health. Um, Mm -hmm. So I want to understand what that means and how we can employ some of that in our own lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you you 
brought up a good point, right, in terms of employing it in our everyday lives. Mm. That's exactly what preventative mental health care engagement looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so think about it as, um, uh, as, as a lifestyle choice rather than a health crisis need. Right. Okay. I, I think that's a very huge difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, you know, therapy is not just for people who are already going through something extremely severe. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could also be for, for a sounding board to, to process certain things that we're going through in our everyday life. Yeah. Um, similarly, when it comes to bite-sized coaching, we're just breaking down the traditional forms of how therapy works mm-hmm. uh, and making it more you know, easily integratable into our daily life. We're texting all the time yeah. uh, anyway with our friends. Yeah. We might as well be doing it with, uh, with, with a, a counselor or a psychologist who can also be able to give us very constructive advice for certain things that we're going through, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so very similar to, like I mentioned, you know, if we're going to exercise for our physical body, uh, we should be doing certain things for our minds as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this could be, uh, this could mean very different things for everyone, right? Yeah. Uh, I do not want to put pressure on people because sometimes people, uh, you know, have very high expectations and they're like, oh, I'm not doing this three times a week. Yeah. Therefore, you know, I'm not, I'm failing. Or they think um, that, that this is just another thing on their plate that they need to tick along yeah. with, you know, exercise and childcare and work and all of the other things which have spiraled exactly. out of control in, during this yes. pandemic. Yes, and, and and then it becomes counterproductive, yes. and people people get stressed about it, which you shouldn't get stressed about de-stressing mechanisms, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so uh, I think when it comes to preventative mental health care, uh, so many things that we can do. Uh, this is now more more famously or popularly coined as self care, oh, right? Okay. Yes. Now I know what you're talking about. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, are, are we, you know, reading up on material that will allow us to help understand ourselves better? Mm-hmm. Uh, are we reading up on material that will allow us to also uh, build more uh, uh, robust self-regulating mechanisms? Yeah. Um, how we handle stress, how we react to things, mm-hmm. uh, how, how we will build uh, certain exercises that becomes muscle memory for us whenever something stressful happens. Those things take time. Those yeah. things take practice. Uh, and it's also not something I would recommend you to just Google online because uh, there is there is a form and method and science towards it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say, you know, look for resources that are actually, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, actually uh, credible. Yeah. Uh, it, it is actually for, for that specific reason that we, we don't crowdsource any of our information. Okay. Everything's done by our clinical in-house team. Right. Uh, so, so everything, you know, all the tools that we do put in place in Thoughtful Chat for people to uh, learn on their own pace, uh, all of that is done by an in-house clinical team. Okay. Um, and so, so yeah, uh, for different people, it could be a form of meditation. It yeah. could be just reading up certain things. It could be speaking to their coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be speaking to their therapist, whatever it is, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think... Uh, doing something is better than nothing and yeah. doing small bits is better than waiting till we need to do a big bit. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, for example, cognitive behavioral therapy type exercises, which you can learn about and you can sort of identify some of the um, uh, the mental tricks that your mind plays on you or the assumptions that you immediately make and go through the process of unpacking those, unwinding them, questioning some of the the, yeah, I guess the the assumptions that your mind will automatically make when presented with 
a certain situation. So it's also, I mm-hmm. guess, a process of learning how your own mind works. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think uh, to to kind of like draw an anecdote, mm-hmm. right? Like, uh, you know, why is it that we know to not touch a, a, a hot cup of tea, mm-hmm. uh, right? Or, or a boiling kettle. We will never touch that because when we were younger, we were either told not to do that or we somehow out of curiosity have tried it, got burned, and we know never to ever do it again. Yeah. Um, those kind of... Uh, uh, sequence of events, mm-hmm. uh, those kind of trigger, which is, you know, hot pot yeah. and then reaction, do not touch. Yeah. Uh, that Those kind of trigger of events um, are also things that are very much conditioned mm-hmm. uh, and embedded uh, within our minds. Uh, these neural pathways have been built over time, right? Mm-hmm. And we, we keep on adding on to this library of different things that we know how to get triggered by and yeah. react to. Uh, and so I think some of them are healthy, some of them are not. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them are more a reaction in, uh, to, towards a traumatic experience mm-hmm. without realizing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's become muscle memory for us because that's how we know how to be yeah. or that's how we know how to react. Uh, and sometimes it works for a certain time period. But over time, as circumstances change in our lives, as we move into different chapters of our lives, those library uh, of of sequence of events might not actually be useful anymore mm-hmm. uh, it might not serve the purpose anymore mm-hmm. for 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 who we are today and where we're at today yeah. uh, so i think that is probably one of the biggest reasons why we should always be reviewing mm-hmm. uh, you know what what we have in our so called library right now uh, does it still serve us does it not serve us anymore yeah. if it doesn't how do we change it? Uh, and and I think that's why it's so important to be working with a qualified yeah. you know counselor or psychologist to do this, mm-hmm. um, because uh, sometimes we, we we can't see what we can't see yeah. and we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. So yeah. And do some of these practices, these preventative mental health practices, can they also work to prevent um, some of the bigger mental health crises um, or? quite serious diagnoses, for example, people who might be living with bipolar disorder or people who have um, been suffering with depression for many years um, or other kinds of uh, significant mental health um, diagnoses. Can the preventative care also help with this? Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think in terms of, uh, I mean, just the format of engagement, uh, if let's say uh, these are uh, diagnoses that you've just uh, gotten. Mm-hmm. So if let's say uh, you're someone uh, or, or rather uh, I'm someone who just, you know, got diagnosed with depression or bipolar uh, and, and it's a, a condition that I'm still learning about, yeah. um, text and audio message based kind of coaching is not a suitable platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is more suitable for people who are on the preventive spectrum. Right. Uh, that said though, mm-hmm. uh, for those who have already been going for therapy uh, for, for a certain amount of time, who has been, who has the right uh, um, uh, support and structure in place, mm-hmm. whether it's the right prescriptions and, you know, the, the right cadence of communication with their psychiatrist as well as their psychotherapist. Um, and they want something supplemental as an ongoing kind of uh, support. Uh, so to, to complement the bio aspect, mm-hmm. you have the, the complementary psychosocial support. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I think uh, it is possible 
to have this in tandem yeah. with whatever prescription you are already having. Right. Uh, but but they should work hand in hand. Uh, and for these kind of uh, clients, usually what we will do is our uh, counselors or psychologists will actually work in tandem with you know whoever that the, the the clinician is the the psychiatrist is yeah at that time. Um, so yeah. And are the counsellors and psychologists on the Thoughtful platform able to diagnose mental health issues or can they identify behaviour through the Thoughtful chat that might warrant uh, further investigation or support? Uh, so I think two aspects of this, um, but before I explain the two aspects, uh, let me just give a bit of background first. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, broadly speaking, there are three types of mental health professionals. Yeah. You have the counselors, you have psychologists, and you have psychiatrists. Mm-hmm. It's important to know the differences between the three uh, because not all of them can do each other's roles. Yeah. So out of the three counselors, psychologists, and psychiatrists, only psychiatrists are actually medical doctors, mm-hmm. you know, sitting within the the um, uh, the medical system, whether it's in the hospital or in a clinic, who can actually do an official diagnosis mm-hmm. as well as write you a prescription mm-hmm. for medication. Um, these psychiatrists are the only ones that can do that. Counselors and psychologists, they are what we call allied health workers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they are in the healthcare system, but not necessarily doctors themselves. Uh, and so they cannot diagnose you. Um, uh, and they also cannot write prescriptions for you. Uh, so I think this is a, a very uh, big difference that, that we should all be aware of. Yeah. Now, on Thoughtful Chat's platform, uh, we have counselors and psychologists. Uh, so while they are the best positioned to, uh, to, to be able to observe yeah. uh, the client's progress uh, or maybe non-progress, mm-hmm. uh, maybe what they see is actually uh, something that might be, but might be more severe, mm-hmm. uh, they will be very well placed to flag these cases, uh, to also escalate these cases um, as and where needed. Yeah. Uh, but if we are going to them for a, a um, prescription or a diagnosis, uh, that is not their jobs to do. Okay. Uh, and we do not do that on, on the chat platform. Okay. Uh, it's something that we definitely do escalate uh, for, for further care. So you personally, what are the sort of preventative healthcare uh, tips or um, strategies that you employ in your own personal day-to-day? Mm-hmm. Um, so something that has been in my life for, you know, more, more than a decade now is uh, journaling. Oh. I know it sounds a little bit mm-hmm. uh, uh, cliche, but I did pick it up 10 years ago when I lost my father. Okay. I was still in college then, and there was, you know, a lot of things uh, to process as a, as, as a, you know, young 20-something yeah. uh, who was very far away from home. Yeah. Uh, journaling was something that I definitely picked up. Um, and, and I think in terms of uh, speaking uh, to a coach, I, I mean, everyone at Thoughtful obviously also uses yeah. Thoughtful. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we have to walk the walk. Uh, otherwise, we are in no place to tell people to go for coaching or therapy, right? Yeah. Um, so I myself have a, um, uh, have a counselor that I work with all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I work with him on Thoughtful Chat for, for kind of the daily ma- uh, maintenance things. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but I also uh, try and make it a point to to have uh, uh, either an in person or a video, you know, depending on what the pandemic allows yeah. these days, um, to 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 kind of have a check in uh, for for that one hour as well. Yeah. Uh, so I do a hybrid model of app based and non app based kind of coaching therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's very important. So it's not that I'm going through you know any 
huge crises or anything. Uh, but again, it's always to to always be in front of of um, of who I am today, you know, kind of uh, uh, an awareness of what my triggers are, awareness of uh, what I can do better, yeah. what I'd like to work on, what I'd like to delve deeper into. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think all of those things, uh, I found it very useful to have a sounding board. Yeah. Someone that could mirror, you know, what I'm saying, and then I can sometimes see it, and 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 yeah. and it makes me realize, like, oh, okay, maybe that's not the only way of seeing something. There are other angles to this, uh, which I wouldn't be able to see if I was just working it out in my own head, yeah. right? Um, so, so I think, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so journaling and um, and and working with a coach on thoughtful chat—that's something I do. Uh, and of course, I'm also a very physically active person. Okay. Um, if you met me in person, you'll realize, you know, I just have like load, truckloads of energy <laughs> all the time. <laughs> so whether it's yoga, yeah. boxing or rowing, it's, you know, something I try to do or running. Yeah. yeah. There's also something about that I've noticed from my own sort of mental health, um, mental health and mental well-being. There is a relationship between uh, the daily practice of exercise, even if it's just a small amount. Um, even if it's just a short burst, incorporating that as part of your routine has a huge impact on, for me personally, my ability to see through the fog sometimes. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, I completely agree that regular coaching, um, when I first started seeing a um, psychologist, I thought, Mm -hmm oh my God, like now I understand why everybody in the United States has a therapist because if you can afford it, I think it's great for everybody, Um, Mm -hmm. which kind of brings me to the next point, uh, which is one of the largest challenges um, in this sector, certainly in Malaysia, but maybe throughout Asia, is affordability of, Mm -hmm. of mental health coaching. So it's really great to see Thoughtful is tackling that. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And is that something that continues to be an issue in, in the, with some of the other Absolutely. psychologists that, yeah, that you're working with? Is there enough professional support as well in the marketplace? Are there enough psychologists? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so I think there are a couple of questions they're all baked into. Uh, so I'll just kind of peel away at it. Yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest difference, uh, differences between what's happening in places like the U.S. versus Asia, for example, uh, there is a reason why people, you know, in the U.S. can access mental health care and, you know, almost everyone in my college had a therapist. Yeah. Um, there's a reason for that, right? Uh, and one is, of course, cultural openness uh, the, the and the stigma around it, mm-hmm. um, but also because uh, it is covered by insurance. Okay. Uh, so I think in, in places like uh, uh, U.S. and Europe, uh, mental health care is actually something that's uh, under the purview of insurance coverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas in Asia, it's not mainstream yet for insurers to actually cover it. Yeah. Most of the coverage that we do have in our insurance policies are still very much a focus on physical health right. uh, aspects rather than mental health. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that is probably one of the biggest factors yeah. already um, in terms of you know accessibility and affordability. Yeah. Um, that's actually one of the reasons why we work very closely closely with, uh, with insurers as well, mm-hmm. because it's something that we're pushing for mm-hmm. uh, uh, to, 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 um, to have right at scale. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other aspect as well, you know, for, for things that we can control in the shorter term, um, uh, and this drives at solving both 
the issue of scalability mm-hmm. uh, of a limited resource like counselors and psychologists, yeah. um, as well as also driving for affordability with economies of scale, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I think this is where the beauty in using technology for good yeah. comes in. Because uh, that's one thing that digital can help you to do, which is efficiency and scalability, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So, for example, uh, because we uh, have been able to help um, uh, kind of triage uh, what mental health care needs are, Mm -hmm. not everyone needs full-on one-hour psychotherapy. Uh, People who are less severe can actually, you know, uh, 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 work very well on on kind of an asynchronous uh, method as well, mm-hmm. uh, and so for example, by by making it asynchronous and also uh, text and audio message based first, yeah, uh, we're able to actually optimize the time uh, for all our professionals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, quite literally, they could be they could be uh, in between clients face to face, or they could be commuting, or mm-hmm. uh, you know, watching TV, whatever it is yeah. that they are doing. They could also be, you know, earning on the go and also, you know, um, uh, uh, attending to clients in that format, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's very much like how we work from home now. There's yeah. more flexibility there. Mm-hmm. It's the same. Uh, so I think in helping them to scale and optimize the number of hours that they do have in a day, mm-hmm. uh, that's one one way of, of making sure we can have more access. Um, in terms of affordability as well, uh, when you are able to reach economies of scale, I think that's when you can slowly bring the cost down. Yeah. Uh, so, for example, for our consumer clients for Thoughtful Chat, uh, if if uh, if I were to download the app today and decide that I want to work with a coach and sign up, um, it's a monthly subscription basis as opposed to a one-hour uh, kind yeah. of fee. Uh, so, for the price of a one-hour session, mm-hmm. you get access for a full month to your counselor or psychologist, uh, and you can text an audio message anytime, anywhere, mm-hmm. which means that you don't have to wait for your appointment. You can actually express yourself while you're going through what you're going through. Yeah. And your coach will check in asynchronously within 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's actually a much more, uh, I would say, sustainable model, yeah. uh, both for professionals in terms of the use of their time uh, uh, and, and client management, mm-hmm. but also on the user side, yeah. right, in terms of... Um, how we how we manage our finances yeah so yeah yeah so then what's um what's the vision for the future of thoughtful and the future of the mental health space here in asia mm-hmm. uh, i mean going back to the vision for for thoughtful itself right mm-hmm. um our vision is to make access to mental health care more seamless and affordable yeah um and i think when it comes to uh providing a seamless care delivery system, mm-hmm. um, two things need to happen. Yeah. Uh, one is we need to make sure that the infrastructure is built. Um, it is a very nascent infrastructure that's broken in places. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to work with the relevant parties, whether it's the government or the uh, um, uh uh, healthcare bodies yeah. as well as the, the healthcare providers to actually make sure that that infrastructure and system is built. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on the other side as well, make sure that we educate people to understand that you do not have to only wait till a crisis happens before you engage with your mental health. Mm-hmm. It's something that we should be doing proactively so that the crisis will never happen in the first place. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's two things that, uh, that, you know, we're very focused on building, uh, and, and, and that will feed into kind of that larger vision where everyone, you know, can actually seamlessly access mental health care and, and, and do it proactively. 
Um, so, so yeah. So how are you working then with um, sort of government departments, ministries of health um, to mm-hmm. fix some of the gaps in the infrastructure? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think one of the biggest things right now is the fact that uh, majority of mental health care providers, so counselors and psychologists, uh, they're actually not part of the, the healthcare system, right? They're not part of the medical yeah. health record systems and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and a lot of it is very fragmented. Yeah. So you're, you're talking about, you know, thousands, uh, of, of, of practitioners mm-hmm. who are running their independent practice, okay. their, um, their own, uh, their, their own, um, clinics and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think one of the biggest things that we're working um, with, you know, uh, the government to do as well as uh, the relevant parties to do is to help digitize uh, the industry right. and, and kind of help uh, the industry move to a future proof, I would say, mm-hmm. um, uh, way of working. Yeah. Um, and then it, it's only through through bringing the entire infrastructure up to speed uh, for for what we need for the future, uh, are we able to then deliver on our promise for for seamless care delivery? Yeah. So yeah. So back in the early days when you first started uh, thoughtful and you were an ex banker who didn't necessarily have any qualifications in the mental health space, did you mm-hmm. have a lot of pushback from particularly people within the medical professions and from the government sector? You know, who is mm-hmm. this young woman? who wants to completely overhaul the landscape for mental health? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thanks for that question, Eleanor. That's hilarious because I I can actually imagine certain faces in my head right now. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, firstly, it's, um, yeah, Firstly, it's the 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 the, the mental health part. Uh, secondly, I was young, and then secondly, um, uh, and and then thirdly, it's also you know perhaps being a, a woman in a very male dominated kind of environment yeah. is also a bit dif- difficult. Uh, so so there's a lot of odds, you know, yeah. <laughs> against. But but I think um, I, I'm happy to say that you know uh, things are changing, and and we've been quite lucky. Um, to be very honest with you. Uh, it was quite surprising yeah. uh, because even within the healthcare space, uh, what you'll find is there are a lot of mental health practitioners, whether it's counselors or psychologists or psychiatrists, who were dying for change. Okay. Uh, they've been, you know, trying to change uh, different ways of working because they know being in the system for so long that it's not functioning well, yeah. that it's not enough. Uh, but I think there's very um, uh, 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 there's a lot of limitations uh, and restrictions of the the impact of change that you can have mm-hmm. uh, when you're within the system and also running a very you know very onerous day job, right? Yeah. Uh, and so so I think it was uh, you know it was very uh, for uh, fortunate for us or for me rather uh, to come across and you know cross paths. With these practitioners, uh, most of them were psychiatrists in the beginning when mm-hmm. I was working with um, with, uh, with them, uh, uh, and and you know find that they actually knew what I was talking about. Yeah. They knew what these problems were. They were glad that someone was trying to figure out the solution mm-hmm. and build it, uh, because they weren't in the space where they could build it, but they knew the problem. Yeah. Uh, and so I think it was very fortunate that we we did meet a, a good amount of these. Um, supporters, yeah. I would say early supporters in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say uh, even as a non-mental health practitioner uh, myself, yeah. 
uh, I think one of the biggest strengths is the fact that we can see things differently. Yeah. Uh, sometimes when you're in the system for too long, mm -hmm. things are just as is because that's the way it and is. And that's the way it's always been. Um, yeah. And that's the way it's always been. Uh, we forget to also think about or explore the different ways of how it can be or how it could be. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think really where uh, the strengths that um, that that started coming into play at that at that point, to be very honest with you, I was also very nervous. I was like, I don't know, you know, if this is going to work. Um, but but I I know that it's a problem that needs to be solved. So I'll try anyway. Yeah. Um, but 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 I say over time, I realize it's actually a strength. Um, is the fact that I've also lived in many different places. Yeah. Uh, and mental health is not foreign to me. I actually know it from a patient perspective. Yeah. I know it from a caregiver perspective. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I, I, I am not, you know, kind of uh, going in the dark here. Yeah. Um, and, and I think coupling a very ground level understanding of what the issues are with also a very, you know, uh, macro perspective of how things are done in quite literally around the world um, in the countries that I've lived in. Uh, I've always been looking for best practices to bring back anyway. Right. Yeah. So, so I think coupling all of that together, um, plus uh, a very, I guess, open-minded kind of education, yeah, uh, really, really became a strength because then you know we can see the world as it could be and we try and build it differently. So I think that's yeah. extremely inspirational that you went out into the world, you saw a problem, and you looked around the world for best practices and saw how you could pull them all together, and pull them all together in a very affordable and scalable way. Um, I think that's really admirable. And I just want to thank you for all of the time and energy, because as you said, being an entrepreneur is, is 24 seven job. Um, <laughs> so thank you for all of the time and energy that you're putting into thoughtful because it is so needed always was now more than ever. Um, but just before we wrap this up, I just wanted to ask, if you could go back in time and give a piece of advice to that younger woman who was face-to-face -face with certain people in government or in the mental health profession who doubted you, doubted that this could work, wasn't sure who you were or what your angle was or why you wanted to solve this problem, what would you tell her? Stay the course. It will be okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Small steps, yeah. one day at a time. Small steps one day at a time. And, you know, I could be 50 years old and, uh, you know, 30 years under my belt. And there will always still be people who, um, I would say, will question, right, yeah. and challenge. Uh, and I always welcome that because they also bring to the table a very different perspective that we should never ignore. That's true. Uh, but, we should, but we should not believe as a truth. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's just one aspect, one factor amongst a sea of different factors that we should always consider. Uh, and so embrace it, but don't let us be completely bogged down by it or influenced by it. Yeah. Um, which is why I think it's always important to remind ourselves that all we need to do is stay the course because if you knew what that purpose was and going back to the whole topic of purpose yeah. and the reason why, right? Yeah. Um, I think if we know why we're doing certain things, then all these things are just background noise and, yeah. and learnings along the way. Yeah. So, yeah. I definitely believe that if you know what your purpose is, it's easier to stay the course because those bumpy bits, they become noise. They don't, 
they don't affect you as much. Um, yeah. So thank you so much for your time. I'm going to be linking to your website uh, in the show notes so that everybody can go and download Thoughtful Chat and you get two weeks free. Yes, there is a two-week free trial. There we go. <laughs> There's no reason not to do it. Um, I've downloaded it. It's extremely user-friendly. It's very easy to use. And in addition to your um, daily uh, check-ins with the mm-hmm. psychologist or the counselor or whichever practitioner you choose, there's also loads of resources on there um, that are super helpful. So, yeah. So thank you so much for your time. And Likewise. Looking forward to seeing the next iterations of Thoughtful Chat and and what's coming out of Thoughtful next. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Elena, for the wonderful Thoughtful Chat. Um, Happy to be here. And uh, everyone, stay safe. And uh, please, you know, uh, take care of yourself, both physically and also mentally. I have to say, I'm always very humbled when I speak to people like Joan. People who see big problems and rather than being overwhelmed by them or despondent, they try to find ways to solve them. And they keep trying and they keep chipping away at the problem. It's really admirable and it goes to show that when you find your purpose, the drive to keep trying just becomes stronger. If anyone would like to try out Thoughtful Chat, you can download the app via Thoughtful's website. The link is in the show notes and it's also in my Instagram link tree. And you get two weeks free trial. So there is no reason not to try this out and many, many reasons why you should. As I said to Joan earlier, therapy and coaching helps everyone. It certainly helped me and Thoughtful Chat gives you an affordable way to access this before you hit a crisis point. We're going to go a bit further into mental health next week, talking about how daily physical movement can also be a part of our preventative mental health or self-care toolkit. Thanks for listening and you'll hear from me again next week.